Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer and on today's program, Brian Split. He's with agmarket.net. Well, Brian, let's take a look at uh, kind of where we ended. It was a mixed market here after we got the updated USDA information, crop production, supply and demand, uh, new data out. Uh, looks like uh, corn... Uh, here at the uh, at the settlement uh, did end down about two to six cents at the uh, settlement. So soybeans, though, had a strong day. We'll talk especially about that. Uh, but settlements fourteen to twenty three cents higher. Uh, I guess uh, you know with the the reports today and uh, some of those things going on, just thirty thousand foot view. What were the big things that were in play in the market today, Brian? Oh, I guess, um, you know, number one question that the trade had for the report today was, uh, you know, would USDA stick to typical protocol and avoid uh, changing the yield assumption from trend on the new crop balance sheets? Uh, generally speaking, they have done it before uh, where they've reduced yield in June for corn, but it's been because of late planting, not because of dryness in April, May. Um, so some thought that maybe because of the, the newer group of personnel that's in the USDA um, World Out, you know, Agriculture Outlook Board and, and the WASDE Board that uh, we would see uh, potential for them to recognize the dryness as a yield drag, but they stuck the protocol, left it alone. Um, you know, demand was the main concern, uh, and, and that was what the USDA adjusted on the report was old crop demand, so they reduced uh, corn for export by 50 million bushels, but they also reduced imports by 15. So that was your 35 million bushel increased old crop carry-in, and uh, new crop uh, balance sheet was adjusted higher by that 35 million bushels. So there was no change to new crop balance sheets for corn or beans. Uh, bean exports also adjusted slightly lower, and then that was the the change to the report in, in the bean balance sheet again that adjustment carried directly into the new crop balance sheet with slightly higher stocks. Uh, I think the trade, you know, got pretty much what they were looking for in general. The the old crop corn carryout was uh, only about 3 million bushels off from the pre-trade estimate. So I I would say this should be seen as a more of a neutral report and it's going to go right back to trading the weather models that we get, uh, you know, several times a day. So I think question number one is, do we see these rains that are supposed to hit over the weekend? Do those verify? And that'll likely dictate how we open Sunday night. Uh, Brian, you made mention before we went on the air that there was a fair amount of excitement in soybeans even before the report got here. What was going on with soybeans today? And, uh, you know, with the exception of some nearby soybean meal complex, uh, soybean meal contracts, uh, the the whole complex was higher. What was going on? So there's some talk that... um commercials in the U.S. are taking beans and exporting them to the EU for them to crush in their facilities there uh, to make soy oil. And and so, of course, you make both products. You make soy oil and soy meal. But what they're doing is the soy oil is then being exported back to the U.S. So there's chatter that the biodiesel demand is growing. Um, And so the strategy is that if they can crush the soybeans in the EU, it'll reduce the excess soy meal in the U.S. Uh, there was also a rumor that the U.S. may crack down on used cooking oil uh, to be used as feedstocks for biodiesel. So, uh, you know, if you take used cooking oil out of the equation for an input for biodiesel, um, that then suggests that we need 
uh, more bean oil, more sunflower oil, just more vegetable oil in general to meet those needs. Um, so when you look at the July bean oil contract, for example, uh, a week ago today, we made a low on that at 44.53. We settled today at 54.59. So we've seen a full 10 cent move in bean oil um, in one week. And, and just for listeners to kind of understand monetarily what a 10 cent move is, that's a $6,000 move in one contract. So that would be like beans going up a buck 20. Uh, so pretty sizable uh, uh, recovery bounce in, in bean oil. And so this has been going on for the last week. Okay. Uh, what about uh, South America? Did USDA do anything with South America? Uh, you know, I hear that there, maybe there's going to be some frost in some southern areas, uh, perhaps. Uh, what are you watching uh, for the uh, remaining crop there in Brazil and Argentina? Yeah, there might be a little bit of frost risk here in the short term in, in uh, Brazil. Um you know, if that does come to fruition, that could be something that uh, uh, hurts the yield potential for the safrina crop that's still in the ground. Um, so I, that could be something to watch weather-wise besides uh, what we get here domestically. Uh, although I, I would say that, you know, if I was going to put a weighting on the importance of weather, I would say it's probably, uh, you know, 70% U.S. and 30% uh, South America right now as far as what the market's going to be looking at. All right, very good. So now that we got this WASD out from underneath us, uh, I guess what what's next? Uh, obviously, weather is going to be a big thing, but as as far as the grains go, uh, Brian, what do you think uh, the, the grain market is especially going to focus on when we get back next week and, and work our way through the rest of June? It's very hard to stay in front of these uh, weather model changes. You can't outguess it. So I guess right now it's a matter of whether you feel like you should be uh, protected or hedged or not. Um, but long term, a major problem that we have, especially for corn, is the demand assumptions that the USDA is using for the new crop balance sheet. Uh, you know, we're using roughly 750 million bushels of more demand year over year. Uh, for the 23-24 crop year than we are for 22-23. If you're a producer, you have to realize that the USDA can very well reduce yield on the balance sheet by several bushels per acre, uh, and, and there's probably some demand that they can reduce to help uh, offset some, if not all of that, and still see the balance sheet grow quite a bit year over year. Thank you very much. Again, uh, Brian Split with agmarket.net. Coming up in the second half of our program, uh, we'll go over some of the small grains information. We also check livestock as well, how they finished out the week. That and more coming up in the second half of our program here on the Rural Radio. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle Hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by Brian Split with agmarket.net. Uh, just talk a little bit about the small grains here to wrap up the week, I guess, uh, uh, Brian. I did notice that uh, Chicago wheat was the only one that finished in the green here today, but uh, you said it's uh, kind of more about what has happened over the last few weeks, maybe the last couple of months, more so than uh, WASD or anything else like that, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, you go back a month and um, think about the the May WASD report. The USDA showed us a, uh, a, a reduced hard red wheat production number. And what the funds did after that report is they came in and they just bought the tar out of hard red wheat and they were selling soft red wheat against it. And so the spread between July hard red and, and July soft red wheat uh, at the beginning of May was about a buck and a half uh, premium hard red to the soft red. Uh, in a matter of two weeks, uh, that went up to $2.75 uh, premium, the hard red to soft red. Uh, and then in mid-month, they flipped it, and we've seen hard red gain, or I should say lose, to soft red to the tune of about a buck ten since then. So the just the, the moves that we're seeing in the relationship of one wheat variety versus the other variety of wheat, you know, we're talking dollar plus moves in a matter of a few weeks. That's the type of move you would see on a, on a flat price contract for one wheat, um, you know, over the course of, uh, you know, a month or two. Uh, so there's quite a bit of volatility between the different classes of wheat trading different things. And we'd have to remember that um, the funds have had a really large short position in soft red, uh, so they're likely covering some of that, and they're, they're uh, reducing their exposure in the hard red, and that's what's causing the movements in the spread right now, where a month ago it was the opposite of that. They were doing everything they could to buy the hard red on the reduced production estimate from the USDA, and they were selling the soft red against it because that crop is, is good. Yeah. All right. Great insight. Thanks for that. Uh, we do With the time that we have left, let's go over and talk a little bit about livestock. Kind of a mixed finish, both live cattle and feeder cattle here. Uh, uh, WASD, uh, they, uh, doesn't look like they changed anything a whole lot uh, on the beef side of things. Uh, it looks like they did up the pork exports just a little bit. But uh, as far as cattle goes, what are the main stories there? What are you kind of watching uh, uh, here at the end of this week, Brian? Well, Wednesday we had a pretty big reversal in cattle values, and um, the contracts, let's just say October, uh, December, Feb, April, um, they posted what you would call a key reversal. Uh, and so what that means is that we uh, opened, and, and let's just look at the October contract, for example. Um, October on Wednesday opened into a new contract high. So the opening price was a new contract high, uh, opening above the previous day's highs. Then by the end of the session, we had closed below the previous day's low. Um, that was done on some pretty big volume for that contract. Um, the, I, I know the, uh, the October contract, that wasn't the highest volume for that particular, uh, for that contract. But if you go out to February, for example, that reversal bar had the highest volume for that contract yet to date. So uh, I think that's worth respecting. Um, the market obviously has gone rather parabolic since May. We've put on a lot of premium in a very short period of time. So, um, you know, if, if somebody was being patient, waiting for a signal of at least a potential short-term high, uh, that is probably it. Uh, too early to tell whether that is the actual high, and there's still good, friendly things happening out there in the cattle world. But I think with that type of a bar um, in several contracts, I think that might suggest that uh, at least from the fall, winter uh, perspective that we've seen some some uh, important highs made in the cattle market. Yeah. What about the value of the futures versus the value of the cash? I mean, there's been a there's been a pretty uh, bullish sentiment in the in the country here for cash prices. Um, are the futures taking a wait and see approach or what do you think about that relationship? 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where um, the futures don't have to go to where cash is. They can continue to trade at a discount. Uh, we've seen that before. We've seen futures trade over cash. Um, but if the market wants to go where cash is, then the June contract isn't done yet. Uh, but I would suspect that um, it, the market may meet somewhere in the middle, uh, or the futures are telling us right now that the cash market's going to pull back as we get later into the month. Um, a lot of my thought process for hogs and cattle comes from my view of the chart. Uh, but as of right now, uh, the cash market continues to uh, to outpace the futures to the upside. So, um, you know, we'll see what we do. We, we've been reluctant to uh, follow through to the downside after the reversal on, on the June contract. Uh, we've been uh, but that's the one, only one that's really holding in and holding those lows from Wednesday. Otherwise, August, October, December, Feb, April, they've all continued to make new lows for the move over the last couple of days. All right. Brian, it's good to have you on the air. Thank you so much for your thoughts and the insight today. Again, we've been visiting with Brian Split from agmarket.net. Reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. That wraps up today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.